ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick, daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Well, hello, Power Partners. Welcome to Radio's finest program of positive book talk, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are always your personal growth success coaches right here on the airwaves, bringing you the authors and the experts and the professionals that help you enjoy a more fulfilled and fantastic life. We are a show about following your heart, living your dreams, and doing what you love. The show is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you under the auspices of the charity Be the Star You Are. Well, today we are going up in smoke in our T for Two segment when Heather and I talk to you about marijuana. We're going to follow that with it. Uh, Edith Marks, author of the book Glaucoma, Patient to Patient, because it is Glaucoma Awareness Month. And finally, in our final segment, we will help you be happy, be healthy, and be more successful. Well, the idea now is, Heather, we don't call it pot. It is called medicine. There are over 369,000 legal marijuana users in 13 states, and they are all working under established programs. Dealers are now called caregivers, and buyers are called uh, patients. So what do you think? Has marijuana gone mainstream? (laughs) Well, you know, it's definitely a hot-button topic because in one form, um, many patients, as you said, many people use it for truly medical reasons. Um, It's, you know, numbing themselves of actually this has helped with many Cancer, even glycoma is a main, a lot of big reason that people use marijuana. I know, I can't wait to ask Edith about this because I, when I was doing my research, Heather, I was laughing about some of the diagnoses, you know, some of the things that's supposed mm-hmm. to cure, including, you know, Andrew Wheel, who is a very prominent uh, physician, and he's, he's more in the, um, uh, I don't know, what would you say, the alternative medicine Holistic. state. But he actually has uh, written about all the healing properties of um, of marijuana and how it can cure. I mean, can relieve the pain of irritable bowel syndrome, Tourette's, muscular dystrophy, herpes, diabetes, gonorrhea, bulimia, eczema, obesity, and even weight loss, as well, of course, as insomnia and back pain and lack of appetite. So it almost sounds like snake oil. And now, well, you know, and that's the thing is that, um, you know, due to various doctors and various different research, some people say it's harmful. Some people say, you know, it's not. It's natural. It's, you know, it's from the earth. It's green. Um, the big thing, I think, is just, I think, why society kind of has, why it even feels um, it's an awkward topic 
is because of the moral issue. You know, before the 20th century, cannabis plants um, were relatively unregulated. It's just kind of crops growing out there, um, and a lot of people, you know, just using it recreational. And I think around you know the 1930s, um, when the whole reefer madness occurred, and a lot of during you know prohibition happened, and suddenly society became this very morally ruled um, society. And what did people do when they were told they couldn't drink? They had speakeasies and they were making whiskey in their bathtubs. It was still going on and to dangerous levels. People, that's really when alcoholism became really big. And, that's, and uh, the government kind of realized that, um, you know, banning alcohol was actually more harmful than regulating it. And so then at the same time, you know, with a whole marijuana use, it actually was used in many medicines prior um, to the whole prohibition. So now that it's unregulated, it kind of have all things of that um, it does get abused. And it's such a huge drug trafficking into America. Um, fiscally, if it was made legal, now in certain states and here in California, um, federal law always goes over, but um, there's certain, you know, they're able to have, um, you know, cannabis clubs, certain foundations like that. Um, but still, it's still considered an illegal drug, but there's certain ways around it. Um, but fiscally, we're talking about the hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars that are brought in, um, in essence, illegally every well, year. Well, I know exactly how much the crop is here in California. In California, marijuana is now the largest crop with the total sales yeah, 14 of $14 billion. billion. Dollars. Yeah. Although it's not taxed yet, and so that was one of the, you know, if it was so, taxed, it'd bring some money into the state. And that's, and, you know, and that's a big thing is that, um, you know, law enforcement, people kind of say that they don't feel comfortable condoning to the thought of marijuana and that it would be abused. Um, but it's just like all things, that if things are regulated, there's always the chance that things will have abuse to it. But at the same time, if things are more regulated, if there's laws, if just how you, you can't drink till a certain age, um, when things are more in a regulated sense, um, the less of abuse occurs because as of now, anyone could get this and put themselves into dangerous situations. And as you're saying, the money-wise, especially in this crazy economy um, that the whole United States is going through, $14 billion um, of revenue, illegal money, drug money, is that it's untaxed. That could be amazing. And that's just for one thing. That could that's do so California. much good for schools and for education, couldn't it? Exactly. Which, you know, kind of goes against the whole dare situation. But Well, you know, uh, something that's interesting when they talk about uh, how activists, you know, are talking about the addiction level of different products I, th I thought from reading what was very interesting about marijuana, it is actually the least addictive. It's only 10%. It has a 10% addiction rate, whereas alcohol has a 15% addiction rate, and cigarettes are 32 to 35% addiction rate. I wish I had it on hand. I recently um, read and then I saw it on the news. There was a study uh, in the U.K. they conducted regarding addiction and and they found alcohol, actually, to be just as addictive as heroin and methamphetamine. Now, alcohol, to, when you think alcohol versus heroin and methamphetamine, but the addiction level was the exact same. They showed the chemical, what's inactive in the brain, um, the 
dopamine, the serotonin levels of that, always that chasing, the high, that need for more, um, was the exact same level. And, I, and that's the thing that's scary that this is something that's regulated. Do we even have, you know, against drunk driving, but there's even a legal amount you're able to have well, um, I think something else that's interesting about that and, and what you're also saying is that um, with marijuana right now, you know, there are dispensaries for the medical marijuana, but in order to get a dispensary, it's about 1,900 pages of information that has to be filled out by the person before mm-hmm. it, uh, they get it. Mm-hmm. And then the patient, whoever wants to use, has to fill out all these forms but what I found extremely fascinating was the profile of the average user. Three out of four patients are men under 40. And this patient profile, young males, you know, complaining of chronic pain, I mean, it's been roughly the same in every other medical marijuana state that is doing, you know, is doing it. But what it's saying is that only 2% of the patients have cancer and 1% have HIV AIDS, which are, you know, which it has been proven that the marijuana can really help uh, cancer patients, age sufferers, and MS victims. So it's interesting that 94% of people who quote-unquote suffer pain, which is the catch-all phrase that mm-hmm. people use, they they don't really put other than back pain or whatever. So. And- and the big thing I I think you know with all this I I viewed into just much of I think I think it is this kind of moral suppression of our society. Of think of all these people using of um, these people are in fact these these millions or these all these people that have these cannabis cards are doing this legally. And in my mind, it's not who is it harming? And and just as you said, this nineteen page or these nine hundred pages. There are extremely strict regulations about opening these clubs. They have to be so far away from schools, so far away from churches, establishments. They have to have this form. Um, it's a very, it's, it's a big, it's similar to how um, if a restaurant has a liquor license, how not only are they so expensive, but to lose that, that's why, um, you know, underage drinking, you know, is not tolerated because if, if an establishment is to lose their license, that that's so extremely cost-worthy to them. So, um, and one thing I always just think of is all these people that are doing this legally, how are they, who are they harming in this? So all these people that are so upset, you know, about this drug, you, is, these people are doing it legally. Um, and for most of the place, sometimes um, you know, they're ingesting, you know, sometimes people aren't even smoking, they're eating things, they're eating brownies and cupcakes and all these ways. Um, I just kind of wonder of, what is the big hoopla of who's yeah. it damaging? Well, you know, with the brownies and cupcakes, because it doesn't matter whether it's smoked or ingested, the two most popular ways of, of uh, getting the marijuana, especially for truly some kind of pain, are lollipops and gummy bears. They evidently are in such high demand, and they fly off the shelf. And, but again, you know, an application for a dispensary license can run 900 pages to 2,000 pages. So it, it is. It takes a lot of work to actually to get one of those. And, and then the addiction level, again, is, you know, is it about 10%? And when they talk about addiction, I mean, there's gambling addictions, there's sex addictions, 
and usually it's really the withdrawals are really hard. Um, uh, with with marijuana, there really aren't those huge withdrawal symptoms, although it has been um, linked clinically to onset of depression, anxiety, and schizophrenia. And there's there's evidently like 103 compounds uh, compounds in um, the herb of marijuana, and they haven't figured out which ones are the ones that make you high and which ones are the ones that really do the healing. <laughs> so, I just think it's a suppression of society because back in the day when they used to sit in their teepees and passing it around as their peace pot is because it's a downer, a drug. It's something that it creates this. You know, it's blocking, it's enacting neurons in your brain, and neurons are like little electric bolts. And so it's sending those of the dopamine levels as well um, as the serotonin. So people feel euphoric. They feel good. Um, and they're not, you know, these, I have to say that the pot smokers I have met are probably the friendliest, least violent people because they're too busy giggling, laughing, or sitting on a couch. Right. So I don't know. Well, um, and, you know, getting back to the medical part of it, if you truly are suffering from pain, and especially if you are a cancer victim or, you know, you have AIDS or MS, the pain is debilitating. And if you can ease that in some way by eating a couple gummy bears or a brownie or smoking a reefer, you know, that is a, a really good thing. And, exactly. I mean, I personally am all for legalization because I really think it should be taxed. And I exactly. also think... And, that, and that's, I mean, because there's so much revenue, the tax it would bring in would be fantastic. It's that same thing of even subject today of the drugs that are, ta- of the prescription drugs that are given by a doctor, the abuse level is so high that that's actually, kids say it's easier to get prescription drugs and that they're selling and, you know, abusing that. Um, and, you know, it's all in the news. But there's truly those patients, those children that are incredibly sick, that have to be on these um, Oxycontin, these extremely high, high um, painkiller medicines because they are suffering with extreme pains. But those get abused by the – but at the same time, these are getting abused by people that are just stealing them from people. So if this is something that others think it's – and as in, it's a plant. Um, and that for people that are truly in extremely pain, that's saying, I don't want to be on some synthetic manufactured drug that has all these horrific side effects um, that may even worsen my condition – um, that they're feeling they're doing something natural, and it's helping. Um, it's not curing, but it's helping alleviate their pain. Well, Why and I do feel allowed? again, if it was legalized, we'd have a higher quality. We'd have some kind of uh, regulations about the strength. You know, the bud tenders, I mean, they call those are the people who dispense it. The bud tenders would be able to tell you what kind of medication, you know, or what kind of marijuana would be best for your condition. So I think that there's going to be medical exceptions for everything, and this is something that we really need to look into. So wind it up, Heather, for us, and we're going to talk to, when Edith comes on. I'm going to ask her about it, about uh, the effectiveness for glaucoma as well, because I think that's an interesting, you know, an interesting idea for all the different things that it works with. Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things if you um, are looking for, I always just recommend with people if you're going to get on um, your soapbox, look into the facts, find out all the information you know, regarding um, the drug situation and marijuana. 
um, as well, and then create, you know, your own view of it. And as well, if you want to um, just read some great books, get some great information, see what's going on in our Be The Star You Are community, um, check out our website at bethestarur.org, bethestarur.com, carmonyclutches.com, both with a K, and myspace.com forward slash carmonyclutches, both with a K. Well, I like the idea of legalizing it, and when we do, then we won't be sneaking in the back door trying to just drag the medical into it. It would just, you know, it would just be there, and it already would be legal. Well, thank you, Heather. As usual, excellent research. Very interesting, very interesting topic. I know there's lots of pros and cons about it. But when we come back, we're going to talk to Edith Marks who's written just an amazing resource guide, Glaucoma, Patient to Patient. It's a coping guide for everyone in your family. It is Glaucoma Awareness Month, and we want you to be safe. So stay with us. This is Star Sale, Be the Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And we'll be right back. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be the Star You Are, a 501c3 top rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org. All donations are tax deductible. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, thank you for keeping tuned to the Power Hour here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where every week we bring you the movers and shakers on the planet who are making a difference through the books they write and the lives they lead. Well, glaucoma isn't just an old person's disease. Upwards of 65 million people worldwide 
suffer from glaucoma. It's the second most prevalent, but it's preventable. It's a, a cause of blindness. And Edith Marks is an expert who has spent the last 30 years studying and living with the disease. And her book is called Glaucoma, Patient to Patient, a Coping Guide for You and Your Family. And it's a revised and expanded version of an earlier book that she wrote. Welcome, Edith, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Oh, Edith, uh, I'm, I'm delighted to have you. My goodness, when I started reading this, this truly is an incredible reference book covering everything that's medical as, as well as self-help information, and it will be so helpful for any patient that's having any kind of, of eye degeneration. Before we get going, I, it is Glaucoma Awareness Month, and we want people to be aware of this disease would you describe what it is, first of all, because I was just surprised at how many different kinds there are. So could you describe glaucoma and the difference that it, the difference that it is from any other eye uh, disease? Glaucoma is an optic nerve disease, and the optic nerve is part of the brain, so it affects areas in the brain as well as in the eye. At one point, they thought that glaucoma was caused by intraocular pressure, and it is a factor, but it's not the factor. And there are a number of different kinds of glaucoma, and when we talk about pressure, there's something called low-pressure glaucoma, and people don't even know that they have this because they don't have pressure in the eye. Well, let's talk about getting checkups and diagnosis and how you find out about it. Because, first of all, I, I, I think you should have your, uh, your MD or your PhD in this. This is an absolutely invaluable resource. You're, you go so in-depth about the eye. What an amazing, amazing organ the eye is. Never realized how complicated it was and the connections to the brain. But regular eye exams, just going in and reading those charts, isn't going to give a diagnosis of whether you have glaucoma. How do people no, know they no, have it? it or no, what it, is it that they need to ask their doctor to do and how often? At this point, most doctors, both optometrists and ophthalmologists, will take a pressure test. And... Uh, then the other thing they want to do is take a visual field test. The visual field tests your peripheral vision. And if there are any irregularities in this test, then there's a suspicion of glaucoma. And then the third thing that they will want to do is take a look at the optic nerve. And they can see if there's any damage there. There's something called cupping. And if they, the cupping is is created by the loss of nerve fiber. And as soon as that nerve fiber is lost, you can't get it back. So the most important thing for people, I'd say over 35, is to have their eyes checked thoroughly to make sure that they don't have glaucoma. When you were diagnosed, this is what I found so fascinating to me, is you actually were diagnosed at quite a young age. You were just in your early 50s. Right. when you were diagnosed. Tell us your story because this has become your passion, your purpose, what you, you, you are just absolutely destined to help the world 
you know, uh, avoid glaucoma because it's not curable, so at least we have to be, prevent it. Absolutely. Uh, one, of, one of the key signs that you may get glaucoma is when you're very nearsighted. And I am nearsighted. And, I, uh, and being nearsighted, there's a possibility that you might get holes in the retina or retinal detachment. Well, I got holes in the retina, and the doctor repaired them. And after he repaired them, he announced to me that I had glaucoma, which was a... It, I, I was absolutely surprised because I didn't know that there was glaucoma in my family. Subsequently, I discovered that my father probably had glaucoma, my brother had glaucoma, and another sister had glaucoma. So definitely, we are genetically endowed with glaucoma. So what, what you're saying and what you do say in the book is that there is a hereditary tendency, but absolutely. unfortunately, many people in our family tree don't get diagnosed, so those of us down the trunk or out on the branches don't necessarily think that we are susceptible. Yes, yes, that, that's very true. And it, uh, you can generally find somebody with glaucoma in your family tree if you have glaucoma because it is genetic and it does, and uh, just about every form is. In fact, everything seems to be genetic at this point. Well, yeah, isn't that true? But you know what really surprised me when I was reading Glaucoma Patient to Patient? We're speaking with author Edith Marks, and she has revised this edition. It is a wonderful, wonderful guide, a coping guide for you and your family. Is I, I was one of those people that thought glaucoma was really an old-age disease, and when I'm, you know, 65, 70, 75, then I'll start checking for it. But you are saying that even babies get di- uh, glaucoma, teens get it, people in their 20s and 30s. It's, it crosses all boundaries, and certain, uh, certain nationalities or ethnicities have more tendency to have that. Yes, yes. The uh, people of African-American descent and Hispanics, uh, they have greater incidence of glaucoma and more serious incidence of glaucoma. Uh, I was just talking to a young man, 40, and he called me and told me that he had just lost the sight of his remaining eye. And I said, when did you get glaucoma? And he said, when I was 12. Oh, my goodness. So it, it really does go across the spectrum of age. So, Edith, with that, that it starts, it can happen at all ages, but then, really, as parents, we really have an obligation to have our children tested early as well, because how is it that you live with it? I mean, I also read in your book about people who have diabetes and how they have, they have a real large prevalence of having now, glaucoma. That, that can be very serious, because they get diabetic retinopathy, and... Uh, the, they may lose their whole peripheral vision with uh, diabetic retinopathy. Now, it, one of the things you said is that it can take up to, what, about 13 years to actually get you know, the full blindness, but if you start going blind, is there something that can be done? Unfortunately, uh, really, no. Uh, they can uh, slow it down, 
with drops and laser treatment and operations, and hopefully they're able to slow it down. They're, they're much better at it now. Going blind is, especially in the Western countries, is not, not really prevalent. It used to be, but it's not really prevalent. So we're getting closer and closer, although we don't have a, a cure yet, we are finding ways to help patients who have glaucoma. Now, I, I often hear people who, who have cataracts talk about the incidence of glaucoma. How are cataracts and glaucoma related or interrelated or, you know, help one another? What, what do you chances, say with that? Chances are that when you have a cataract, uh, you may get glaucoma. Or when you have glaucoma, you may get cataract. Uh, because uh, when the doctors begin to... Uh, correct one area, another area may have a problem. But uh, the, uh, they're so good now with the cataract operations that even if you have glaucoma, and serious glaucoma, a cataract operation is, is available and sight is restored. So isn't modern medicine just amazing? It, it is. Think, it is Absolutely. incredible. Now, what about pain? Because there's from everything that you read about glaucoma, you don't really have pain, at least in nope. the initial. You know, people don't say, oh, I've got a pain in my eye, so I better go see an eye doctor. No pain. So is, is there pain even after many years of it? Nope, no pain. We were just doing a segment before you were on about medical marijuana, and I thought I had to ask you this because... In so much of the research, it says that medical marijuana is good for glaucoma. How could it be if it really there's no pain? Uh, what medical marijuana does is it reduces the pressure. So, so is that what it is? That when they talk about that's, when they when they put glaucoma and medical marijuana together, that's what they're talking about is just reducing yeah, the pressure. Yeah, reducing the pressure. That, so, can you the, do that for a long term? Uh, medical marijuana is a medicine. It's not it's not just an herb. It's a medicine. Right. And it does have side effects. It's um, at one point I was very enthusiastic about it. I am no longer enthusiastic about it. Interesting. I love to hear different viewpoints. Uh, right, because um, it does it does have effects on the. Uh, the blood system, and uh, it may it may narrow the arteries, which you don't want, so that it's it's not it's not highly recommended. And the other thing about medical marijuana is that in order to keep the pressure down, you have to keep smoking the cigarettes. Oh, I see. So then that would lead to the addiction, and then it could also lead to the other side effects. And right. depression and yeah. schizophrenia and all those other things that are talked about. Right. It, so it, uh, it, it, it you know it, it has it has a nice um, cachet, but uh, I'm not enthusiastic about it. We're talking I, to Miss Marks, who is the author of Glaucoma Patient to Patient, and as you can tell, she is very learned. She's an encyclopedia of knowledge on so many different topics, but especially 
this of glaucoma and the eye. Let's talk about organics. One thing that is wonderful in Edith's book is she gives you alternative ways of in increasing your health by living, you know, living organically, eating organically, exercising, etc. You say steer clear of any pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, all of that. It's we we live in such a toxic environment, and um, the uh, it's we haven't been able to establish a link, but. Everything is so toxic that we have to do as much as we can to detoxify ourselves and eat organic food because we will organic food is healthier uh, and it is it is more nourishing. There are a number of herbs that uh, do help uh, ginkgo biloba, for example, helps uh, because ginkgo biloba helps to thin the blood a little bit so that you get more blood to the eye. And that's very important because the blood is what nourishes the eye. It brings oxygen to the eye. And the eye needs oxygen. The uh, And there are other uh, herbs that are also good that do the same thing. Bilberry is very nice because it helps with night vision. Uh, it works on the, uh, on the cells that work to open the eyes further for for night vision. You know, so, and I think as we get older, so many of us have a little bit more issue with night vision. You know, I know that my mom's all, who always has been a fabulous driver and feared nothing, she doesn't really like driving at night anymore. No. <laughs> most most older people don't like driving at night. It uh, Because even if you have good eyes, uh, driving your, your eyes don't adjust as rapidly. Uh, as young guys do to the various lights or the low level of light. In your book, uh, Glaucoma Patient to Patient, you also talk about the the computer. I mean, all of us or most people today are into technology. We're sitting in front of our computers for hours and hours. There has to be a ton of eye strain. But you actually give tips on how we can minimize that. Could we talk just a minute about helping our eyes through, by, but still being technologically uh, alert? One of, one of the things that I love to do is called palming. And you cup your hands over your eyes and you think of doc, 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 and you do that for two or three minutes or four minutes and you'll find that your eyes feel relaxed. Uh, it relaxes the whole body. Uh, another thing to do is just look out the window. Look as far as you can. Uh, because uh, when you're looking at the computer, you're focusing on a very narrow space. And that really puts a strain on the eyeball. So you want to look around uh, every 10 or 15 minutes, actually. Get up and walk around. Exercise happens to be very good for glaucoma. Well, and I also know that you are a major gardener, as I am I. love gardening. It's my, oh, yes. It gets it's my me off the computer and into the garden. And I would have to say that gardening would be good for your eyes. Because Absolutely. Absolutely. You, wouldn't you eat it? <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, have a... The book is called Glaucoma Patient to Patient, a coping guide for you and your family. 
Uh, Edith, you are just a master at this. I am just, I mean, I'm not happy that you got glaucoma, but I am certainly happy that you wrote this book for all the people out there who may in, uh, you know, be introduced to it at some point. You can really help the patients. Let's give out the websites that you would like people to go to. Is that glaucomahealth.com? Uh, there are two. It's glaucomapatients.com and glaucomaspacehealth.com. Space. Okay. Is it a is it a hyphen or just a? No, just a space. Just a space. Okay. So glaucomapatients.com and glaucomahealth.com. And if you go there, you can find out uh, all the information you need, and you can pick up a copy of Glaucoma Patient to Patient, a coping guide. For you and your family with the millions of people who are suffering, Edith Mark's book really will help people cope so much better and give them options for living a very full and happy life because there's no reason that we have to go blind, right, Edith? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, this could be the most important thing you could do to keep seeing. Well, Edith, thank you so much for writing the book and for saving the sight of so many people with your book. And good luck on everything, and and have fun in the garden. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Edith. Go to glaucomapatients.com or glaucomaspacehealth.com. Or Amazon.com. I'm sorry? Or Amazon.com. Oh, of course. Amazon.com, you can buy the book. So Amazon.com is the book Glaucoma Patient to Patient. Just search the Internet. I'm sure you'll find it. Thank you, Edith, for joining us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We'll be back in a minute. We'll be talking about happiness and success. Stay with me, and you won't be disappointed. Back in a bit. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. You know what the guidelines are for truly effective leaders? The essence of outstanding leadership is not charisma or leadership qualities. It is performance. Executives who are truly effective leaders set goals for their company. They set priorities to reach those goals. They set standards and hold fast to them in their own actions and behaviors. Following specific guidelines enables an executive to be consistent. And only when leaders' personal actions are compatible with the goals they set for others and their organizations can they earn the trust of those who must work towards those goals. True leaders make decisions, and then they follow through on their promises. Excellent leaders don't say, do as I say. They encourage, do as I do. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style with another business bite. For coaching and consultations, visit star-style.com or call 925-377-7827. 
Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, we are happy that you're still staying with us. It's an exciting hour today, talking about marijuana, glaucoma, and now we're moving into happiness and success. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be the Star You Are Charity and the 7th Annual Essay Contest. For more information, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Whenever something doesn't work out the way you thought it would, instead of thinking that something went wrong, see it as something that went unexpectedly well, but for reasons that are not yet apparent. Everything plays to your favor. You can score. And I love that because it is so positive and it really is talking about get out of your own way and just believe in all the possibilities. And I really like to help people do that. Well, have you given yourself the gift of happiness this season yet? We are here in the beginning of the year and we want to make all our goals and our resolutions and all of that come true. But are we sticking to our goals? Have we written them down? Have we express them to others so that we are more committed to them. Make sure that you do that. And in speaking of the 7th Annual Essay Contest, I encourage you to go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. The topic for this year is how to create more abundance and prosperity in your life through service to others. With the economic times being so tough, this has been one of those Oh, last few years, I suppose, where serving others might have become a priority. So how can you bring more happiness and abundance into your own life by serving others? Go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's www.BeTheStarYouAre.org. And we thank the sponsor, U.S. Bank, for uh, sponsoring this essay contest. You can win dollars. You can win an interview here on the radio show as well as publication, and you will get a, a book uh, for the winner, too. So enter today. Also, while you are at the website of BeTheStarYouAre.org, check out the T-shirts and tank tops that we have. We have black tank tops and white T-shirts, which they're just great. They're high-quality material. And it says, Be the Star You Are on it. has a big star, and then Read, Lead, Succeed which is the motto of our charity, Read, Lead, Succeed. And, of course, if you are liking to improve your life, pick up a couple copies of our books. We have Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference, 
And Be the Star You Are for Teens, which is our new book, the second in the series, and both books benefit the charity. You can also get other books, The Business of Show Business, uh, the, the Blessings of Love and Relationships, Miracle Moments, and Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul. And that's at BeTheStarYouAre.com, BeTheStarYouAre.com, and just click on Store. So what is happiness and what is this gift of happiness that I would like you to give yourself for the rest of the year? And when you give yourself this gift, you really will have it for the rest of your life. I call this the gift of happiness. In both books, Be the Star You Are for Teens and Be the Star You Are, we have a chapter called The Gift of Happiness. So when you pick up the book, you can read about it. But research shows that happiness and satisfaction depend more on the inner person than on external circumstances. So the secret to living a happy life is to get in charge of your life, get in charge of what you are doing, and then you can build the life you want. You hear me often say, you know, what you think about and talk about comes about. So we really need to be thinking positive things. As kids, we're very much influenced by the opinions of others. And what we do learn in early childhood can run your life completely until you understand how to take control of your own ideas and your own decisions. So what is it that you've always wanted to do? Have you been telling yourself that you can't do something or that you don't deserve it? What would happen to you if you decided to give yourself what you've always wanted? Look at your life and your decisions from a different and a valuable perspective because the decisions that you make today, they do affect the person you are. They do affect the rest of your life. And ultimately, the only person to whom you are accountable and for whom you are responsible is you. And other people can make you feel badly about yourself, but only if you allow them to. So every new decision is truly a new life's resolution. And as we figure out the goals for now, I would like everyone who's listening to me today to have a goal of being happy. There have been many brain studies, and the brain chemical oxytocin is released when there's a positive contact with others or even with yourself. I mean, if you just feel happy, there's oxytocin and serotonin, which has a more physical connection, that are released. So if you want to increase your happiness, you can increase your serotonin levels by some physical activity. For example, you can garden, you can belly dance, you can do yoga, you can just, you know, go swing on a swing, do cartwheels. Edith was talking about that, the importance of exercise and some organic living. You can meditate. You can take some aromatherapy. Uh, I love to take baths, you know, and have candles and incense and put oils in it. You can listen to music. You can also raise your oxytocin levels with massage or with, uh, I go to my barnyard, I pet a pet. I mean, having animals around you, kids around you, a partner, a spouse, a boyfriend, girlfriend, just Wrapping yourself in a snug hug, that always feels good. You know, and if nobody else is around, just rub your skin with some lotion, and that can give some loving feelings to yourself that will release the serotonin. If you're feeling down, call a friend or call a family member. You know, write a love letter or perhaps work together on some project 
volunteer somewhere. I mean, I must say that all the volunteers working at Be The Star You Are always say that one of the main things that they love about it is the feel good. I mean, and that is reward of being a volunteer, is you feel good helping other people. You can watch a funny video or you can just laugh out loud. When I'm feeling down, sometimes I will just, you know, quote, unquote, fake it till I make it. I'll just do a great big belly laugh. And amazingly, I feel better or immediately. Research that was conducted by Dr. Dean Ornish, you probably remember who he is, shows that the happiest and the healthiest people are those who are connected to family and friends. So it is important to be connected. Now, Victor Hugo wrote, the supreme happiness of life is the conviction that we are loved. So there are more kinds of love than romantic love. I mean, there's friendship love. There's just the love of, of good friends. There's the love of your animals. But being with friends and family really lifts your spirits and fills your days, and it gives you the support you need for any relationship. Because it doesn't just take a village to raise children, but in this very fast-paced and mobile society, we need a real sense of community, a sense of family, a sense of connectedness, and that's what helps us function more effectively as we grow into adults in all phases of our life. Research shows that people who have a healthy family and a healthy social life are help, happier and they live longer. By creating these family feelings in several areas of your life, you're going to have the joy of give-and-take relationships any time that you want. So when you look back on your life, you're less likely to feel badly about things and more likely to feel good about the positive contributions that you have made to the world. And we don't want to live a life of regret. We want to live in the now, and we want to make sure that we are making a difference, even though we know there's always going to be bad times. I mean, we're all humans, humans in training. So if we can help people out in times of an illness or bereavement, or just be that sympathetic ear when somebody's stressed. That is valuable. You can create blessings for yourself when you share your rituals with others, when you share your laughter, when you share information, when you welcome friends who might be alone into your family or your office or your home in both good times and bad. So you want to give yourself the gift of laughter. You want to give yourself the gift of fun and you want to give yourself the gift of happiness. And these are what lead to true success in life. Now, I have seven ways that can help you to achieve true success. One is taking it personal. If we take the same amount of time and energy planning our personal lives as we do our business life or our career, we will most likely live a more meaningful, a more balanced, and a personally more enriched life. In short, you want to strive to make your business to turn your life into your most successful venture yet. And when I say your business, I mean turn your, make it your business to turn your personal life into your most successful venture yet. When I look back on the goals that I achieved for the previous year, and I'm always updating my goals and, you know, massaging them and editing, et cetera, what I find the most interesting are the ones that I have the most control over are my personal goals and resolutions and dreams and wishes. And with those, about 95% I am able to complete to fruition, whereas my business goals don't always, I don't always hit the, my benchmarks that I want. But it's okay because 
for me, the personal side is what is the most important. Don't limit yourself by labels. Remember, what you do is not who you are. Maybe you should carry an ID card with two sides on it, where one side would have your title and your profession, and then the other side would really describe the authentic you, the you at the very core. You know, perhaps you are a galloping gourmet, or you're a storyteller extraordinaire, or you are a renaissance woman, or you are a happy gardener, whatever it is, this becomes a problem when people decide that they're going to retire and they feel that they have not lived a, a, an authentic life because if they retire and they don't have something to look forward to, you know, they're not the doctor, the Indian chief anymore, they feel like they're not adding something to society. Write down your personal goals. Write down your personal goals as well as your career goals. I say this all the time. Make sure your goals are quantifiable, very important. There needs to be a time and a number attached to it. You know, it's going to be May 1st or September 30th, and a time and an amount. You want to lower your golf handicap, for example, by three strokes over the next 12 months. That's quantifiable. You may want to increase your personal financial portfolio by 10% over two years. You might want to spend two weeks in the summer, you know, in Mexico with your family. Just be specific. Hone in on what really matters to you. Things that really matter most in your life should not take a back seat to things that matter least. Remember, your personal values, your integrity, and your self-worth are not determined by your valuables. Time is the one resource that we can't regenerate. We've got to invest our time wisely and on things that are really important, our family, our friends, our health. Yes, your career, but don't get me wrong. I'm not saying your career isn't important. It's just I'm suggesting to you that don't overweight your career at the expense of the other important things in your life. I've had many clients come into my office who have said that they wish that they could live over the time they raised their kids because they were too busy working, didn't spend time with their children. Expand your reach. True success always involves reaching out to others beyond yourself. You can revel in the success of your kids. You can contribute to your community. You can be a patron of the arts. You can clean up the environment. You can mentor somebody. You can care for the elderly. You can donate money to charitable causes. Whatever you do, reach out, and you will reap the returns and the personal satisfaction. And that's real success. Just That's actually what our essay contest right now is about, how... Do you bring prosperity and abundance into your own life by serving others? Make meaning. See yourself making meaning as well as money. Judge your true level of true success accordingly. And, you know, don't be afraid to fail. In short, don't be afraid to fail in your quest for true success. Your very striving means that you've already gone on the right road. The passages we go through in life are going to continue to throw us curveballs and we can have some solace in the fact that success is not built on success. It's really built on failure. Keep in mind my favorite motto, failure is fertilizer. So I wish you all the joys that you can possibly dream of. And thank you so much for being great listeners and listening to this show every week. I am Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany is always with you, too, in our first segment, our T for Two segment. And we like to be your personal growth success coaches. For information about Star Style or to book a consultation, 
You can call 877-944-STAR. That is toll-free. If you'd like to make a donation to Be the Star You Are charity, we are now doing our $99 Give a Case of Books. We are distributing books to any school or cause of your choice, and you will get $600 worth of books sent to your choice. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. May there be peace within you today. May you trust your highest power that you're exactly where you're meant to be. And may you not forget the infant possibilities that are born of faith. As you go out into the day today, remember that no one has ever walked this earth with your inborn and acquired strengths, talents, and experiences. You are one of a kind. You are you, and you have the power to love yourself and be the person you are meant to be. Be the star of your own life. You are already star. So just take a look in the mirror and admire yourself. You are a wonder of creation. Our aim, as always, is to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. So cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And please read a book this week. It is a garden in your pocket. And until next time, when we will party once again, this is Cynthia Bryan. This is the Power Hour, and this has been Star Style. I thank you and encourage you. Be the star you are. We'll talk next week. Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then... Be the star you are. You are the star. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.